0: And we are back with episode 4 of Talking Thunder. Lucas, how's it hey. going? Hey, I'm doing good. Yourself? I mean, I'm I'm living the dream as always, Lucas. And you know who else is living the dream? Logan and Jacob.
1: They, <laughs> they are living the dream. Yes, <laughs> this is true.
0: They are. And I mean, I don't know. I would love to live on a ranch. We talked about this. I mean, I think it'd be really fun. I don't want to do any of the work on the ranch, but I'd love to I'd love
1: to be there, but <laughs> So, so I'd like to see you on a ranch. You would, you would, wouldn't you
0: doing <laughs> manual labor? That would be something you'd love.
1: I, f- I was thinking about us when they, uh, um, they were having the shoveling contest. <laughs> I, I thought this is something that Billy and I would like to do.
0: It, it, yes. Okay. Yeah. Apparently you are I'm getting ahead of myself. Though, out so. of your mind. Um, but well, so they find, they find Mike
1: right at, at the start yep. of this episode, Mike's fallen off of a horse. I'm glad glad they didn't shoot him. They were doing target practice. Yeah. Like he was kind of downrange. Like that's not a great place for him to be passed out, but I'm glad that they found him.
0: Yeah, no, that could have been, that actually could have been very bad, but I thought, okay, so they find Mike and whatever. We could talk about that in a minute because the more interesting part to me was Logan. They were asking each other questions and you can tell it feels like, obviously we know who Logan is, right? But obviously, Jacob doesn't. But you can tell they're starting to kind of feel each other out. And Logan's asking questions. And it seems like he should know the answer to some of these things. But, you know, have you ever been shot at? Has anyone ever, you know, have you ever shot anyone? And they're having these um, just interesting conversations. What were were you thinking about that as, like, he was asking those questions?
1: Well, you kind of see um, Jacob start to put things together. And, you know, it's not enough for him to go on completely where he has, like, this definitive... Um, you know, confirmation of, of who Logan is, but it's enough that you kind of just start seeing the wheels turning. So I feel like we're, you know, although we know, you know, at least uh, that, that Logan is with the devil's hand, you know, we would, I think we're kind of go on that journey with Jacob of discovering this for himself. And it definitely, I, there's definitely some suspicion, I think in him at that, t- at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can start to see the, that happening, but I, my favorite character. And I think, um, I think I might have found my doris which I'm going to say every episode and those who have not watched vindication are going to be like <laughs> what is he talking about my doris is the is the grumpy inspection man who has oh, come oh yes Yes. He reminds me of you actually, which, um, it's like that, that they wrote that character around Lucas's personality. Um, but this is the guy who's coming to like, make sure that they have designated walkways. And my favorite line is when, you know, Jacob says to him, it's a ranch, not Beverly Hills. And I'm just like, yeah. These inspection people with their rules and their regulations—it's intense.
1: I, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, which you know this. I'm working on a home renovation, and I have to have an inspector come next week. And I will definitely be thinking about this scene um, yes. when that happens. Well, you should be nicer than
0: this particular inspection man to your actual inspection. I'm
1: going to try that line of saying, "Hey, this is <laughs> this is a home, not Beverly Hills," and it's see a, what he says. Just
0: say it's a ranch. It's a ranch, not Beverly Hills. <laughs> um. All right. So Addison. <laughs> Not to jump around, but we're going to jump around. Addison, I kind of want to know what's going on with her. It seems like she's interested in Logan. Is this going to distract Logan from his mission of taking Jacob down? I don't know. Like, do you think there's something going on there?
1: I feel like that Addison, like I'm always expecting her to like make the right decision of like you know for instance as they're talking and she starts you know getting this feeling that maybe he's not um, wanting to stick around for you know a a long period of time or he wants to get back on the road like you would I want Addison to be like you know what hey it sounds like you have a lot of things to figure out and once you know what you want maybe come back and talk to me but yet she keeps spending time with him and I'm so I find myself like wanting to scream at the television like no he's bad news leave him alone but she's she's continuing to sort of you know know, feel out uh, if there might be a, uh, you know, a future there. Yeah.
0: And they have this exchange where, you know, he's like, I live for the future. And she says, I think you should live for the present. And I have to say, as a pastor, Lucas, that that exchange, well, what did you make of that? I'm going to put you in like, put your pastor hat on. He says, I live for the future. She says, I think you should live for the present.
1: You know, I always say that God is a now God, you know, he's, he's sort of in this, this perpetual state of the present. I mean, obviously, you know, the word tells us that he's eternal, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's above time and, and these sorts of things. But I think that there is a lot of power in, in um, forecasting for the future, but really being present in the now. Mm. And, and I think that, you know, um, ideally, we don't necessarily have to choose uh, I tend to just because of my personality to think about the next thing all the time.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say that's definitely you and I'm that way too.
1: Yeah. And so I really have to, I don't want to say force myself, but I have to remind mm-hmm. myself to kind of be present in the moment, you know, because my mind has a tendency to go to like the next 10 things that I'm, you know, figuring out in my head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a crisis, clearly. But no, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I have to. You have to try to remind yourself to do both, right? And I thought that exchange was was interesting. But I have to backtrack too to another point in the episode, which might have happened actually before that. I'm trying to remember. I think it was before what we just talked about. But when you have Logan and Jacob talking, and you see this what you assume is a friendship, and what I think Jacob believes is a friendship, even though he seems concerned, right, Logan takes the phone call and Jacob's kind of watching him like, whoa, who's he talking to? You know? And, but then they have this conversation where Logan is like, stop trying to figure me out. And I thought that's really interesting. Like, is he onto the fact that maybe Jacob is starting to figure it out or maybe Jacob has questions and he's trying to be elusive and to dismiss it. And so I just found myself trying to figure Logan out. Like you've come to do this, but you seem very distracted by Addison and shiny things. And are you really going to do this? Or, are you going to become a good guy?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the the war that is, you know, kind of raging on the inside of him trying to, you know, where he's trying to figure that out to some, you know, some degree himself. And, and I think that, you know, that's going to be obviously the, if that's the big, that's the big moment that I'm waiting for, you know, as the series develops.
0: So, okay. The other, so you've got the Addison and, you know, you've got that whole thing going on with, with Addison, with him, with Logan. But then you've got Jacob and Sandy. So there's these sort of two narratives. And and we talked a little bit about this already, but we actually have some pretty cool moments here where you have Jacob talking to Sandy. And they're really, for the first time, I think, having a conversation about what really happened, right? They were dancing around it before, you know, and, and Sandy made it clear that she couldn't kind of stand him in the beginning and was still angry because of how things were left with them. But, you know, Jacob says to her, the truth is Jesus is helping me a lot. And then he says, I wish I would have listened to you all those years ago. So clearly Sandy, we're starting to see that she's a person of faith, right? That Jacob has found faith later on and that she tried to bring him in, but she gets a little jab at him. And I wanted to get your reaction to this, where she says, then I wouldn't have met Joseph. And she's talking about her husband who died, right? Right, right. That was interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, you know... Obviously, neither one of us have been in that position, but there has to be a ton of emotion there. You know, here she has this this sort of early love in her life of Jacob. Uh, but then she, you know, she ended up, you know, falling in love with somebody, married a man, and and lost him. And it's it, you know, there has to be those emotions of I don't want to erase this other life that I had that was meaningful to her. Um and And still wanting to maybe explore what God could be doing now. you know, and so I, I I think that you know she's doing what I wanted, you know what I want Addison to do. She's keeping her guard up and yeah. and she's making sure that she's not just, you know running in and and you know, kind of falling head over heels without thinking through this through. And you can tell she's been in a bad situation already with Jacob before. And she's really trying to make sure, I think, that if this is going to move forward, that she doesn't, uh, that that she has a lot more confidence, you know, this next time around that that he's being genuine and that there's really a change in his life.
0: Yeah. and And Jacob actually handles it well, too, because a lot of people would get really annoyed. Like she brought Joseph up, right? Like he's trying to it seems like he's trying to rekindle something or at least really intensify their friendship at the very least. But I think it's more than that. And that mention of Joseph, well, if I had, you know, if you had come to Christ, I would have never met Joseph then. That could have started a fight, but Jacob handled that really well. Like, and you could just see, again, that change in him that we assume um, to be true. And she even says at one point, like, I'm really glad you're here. She she clearly right. has started to forgive. And that's a really cool thing to see because a lot of us struggle with that. We struggle with forgiveness, with being able to move forward with somebody. And it seemed like She wasn't, she was keeping her guard up like you said, but there was enough of awareness to be like, you know what, I can accept your apology. I see enough change, you know, in you. And I thought, I thought that was pretty powerful.
1: You know, I I think a lot of times forgiveness is to some degree, the easier part, the hard part is restoring trust again. And I think that that's the that's the part of the journey that they're on. I mean, there's I I think that, you know, she's established enough in who she is in her faith that she can probably forgive him. But I think now she's trying to figure out, do I want to trust you, uh, you know, as they as they move forward? And like you said, he is I, I think he recognizes how challenging that is going to be. And he's being a good sport about it, you know, as they as they go down that road.
0: Well, and then you see this parallel. And I actually think there's some really great writing in this show and because you've got that forgiveness happening at the same time, you've got Mike, you know, Mike Gibson, he's struggling with Ethan and this history that they have, right? This is the guy who's trying to like take down the ranch, Ethan, but we start to learn about the history that they have and this lack of trust and lack of forgiveness that Mike has and this, and this anger. And you've got Jacob saying to, to Mike, look, you know, it's not easy but Jesus says to love your enemies, right? I mean, that that's a really important thing for all of us. Not just like, oh, tolerate them, love them, feed them, clothe them. And Mike counters, and this is where I need Pastor Lucas again. Um, he says, you know, sometimes people need to get what's coming. And he starts bringing up how the Bible, <laughs> you know, says an eye for an eye,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, look, that's a, that's a common that's a common place that i think that people go to and i think what we're seeing here i mean obviously it's 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 summed up in you know kind of a quick episode but this is really a snapshot of of kind of real life i think that you know so many times we have as christians we're quoting verses to people trying to you know inspire them or bring change in their life and i think that the world you know or those on the fringes they at times know enough of the bible to kind of you know have a quick banter back of some sort of contrary verse, or at least that they think is a contrary verse, that's going to negate the first principle that was offered to them. And, you know, when we obviously we we see something like an eye for an eye, you know, in in the Old Testament um, and and we see Jesus, you know, address that. And really, that is the. That is that is life apart from Christ. That is that is life, uh, you know, getting what we deserve. But but Christ came to um, open up a way for get, to give us what He deserves, and you know we, we'll never earn or or truly deserve the the grace and the mercy and the righteousness that He gives us. But He He's, he's in His goodness He does it. And I think that um, you know I think that Jacob Jacob understands that, and he's really trying to lead Mike to that, even though Mike is kind of going kicking and screaming in that process.
0: Well, how do you like how do you respond to people? Because there are going to be people listening to this too who are like, yeah, an eye for an eye, or they'll say, Well, the Bible contradicts itself. And I know I'm stepping into crazy theological territory here. And by crazy I mean controversial and difficult and deep. But how do you how do you remedy that supposed disconnect between an eye for an eye and between you know love others and and serve your enemy sure
1: yeah i mean I, I think the the simple way to think about this is first of all the bible tells us that god is the same yesterday today and forever so we we understand right from the start that god doesn't change um that that truth doesn't change his precepts don't change but what happened is really God changed us or at least made a way for us to be able to experience change through the cross. So the, the, the truth of the Old Testament law is still true, but but God made a way for us to be able to um, be free from the, the punishment and the judgment associated with failing to live up to uh, the, the moral and, and righteous requirements of the law and through faith in christ and so you know the it's it's not that these verses are in contradiction to each other it's that god changed us by giving us an opportunity to be able to experience his uh his righteousness through the cross we call that faith righteousness and you know I, I like to say it's the great exchange it's our it's our guilt and sin and shame for his his righteousness and and uh, um you know a hope and a future and everything else that we have in him and so i think that um you know it's we as we start understanding that we recognize that these things support each other uh but we see christ as the fulfillment you know of the promise
0: Look at you go. Look at you go. Giving us a good, solid theology lesson as we close out episode four of Talking Thunder. And obviously the episode ends. You've got Jacob running Logan's big number on his bike what did you think of that
1: do you have somebody that you could call to run a vin number for you
0: i don't even understand what a vin number is. i mean i, I kind of get it it's a number associated with my vehicle i don't know I, I that's what I'm wondering who did he call
1: i do i have a guy i have that guy of
0: course you do of course you do you're i can't with you how do you have a guy who can run a vin number
1: i don't know if i can say that i feel like i have to keep him private well, but, obviously
0: but, it seems like something is, I mean, <laughs> I would love a VIN. I would love a good, where do you even, I, I've got so many questions about the VIN number, but he ran it. So clearly he's not trusting, right? There's something no, going on. For
1: the record, I've never actually asked anybody to run me a VIN number, but I okay, think that Lucas. I, I think that I could, I think that I could, <laughs> I might try it and report back next well, week. Why you
0: try to like back off of the fact <laughs> that you're looking up VIN numbers endlessly? Um, well, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. I am super interested. And Lucas as always, thank you for joining me and we will be back next week with episode 5 of Talking Thunder. Head on over and watch the series on PureFlix. It's Sons of Thunder Redemption. We'll see you next week.
1: Vroom, vroom.